I was watching The Last Dance with my sons and I realized though it was about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen and the Chicago Bulls, one of the biggest factors of the Chicago Bulls was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was the leader, the coach. He's the person, as soon as he stepped on to that team, he helped them to get a ring. He was able to help them to see who they were individually and as a leader and as a team. And I think that's why we need a coach because you need somebody to help you develop yourself personally and within a group. So that's what Al Hardy is here to do. That's what I'm here to do is help you to grow personally and within your team, within your group, within your family. Go to www.mralhardy.com forward slash coaching sessions. Promo code Al's Chicken and Waffles. Have you ever walked away from somebody? I mean, walked away. Walked away because they said something. Or even walked away because, it, like, have you ever walked away from somebody who smelled? Like, you just had to turn around, walk away. <laughs> you know, it, sometimes it's their odor. It's, it, it, it's their breath. It, it, it's something that, that's not agreeing with your spirit. <laughs> and uh, and sometimes that, that stench that they have, uh, isn't isn't pleasant, isn't pleasing to who you are. Um, I have a sister here who who has the ability to walk away out of situations, uh, and and not just walk away, but also she has the ability to stand strong in who she is, stand strong in her faith, stand strong in being and knowing who God has created her to be. I have Sakia Seabrooks here, and uh, we are talking about abstinence. We're talking about purity. We're talking about celibacy. It's the difference of all three being pure, being a virgin. All of those, all of those things. This conversation is really about understanding who you are, uh, being self-aware um, from a woman's perspective and from a man's perspective. Um, I, I believe that this episode is where we can grow. We can grow individually and as a group of people. Um, sometimes this perspective isn't a pleasant uh, perspective or something that's popularized. But in this in this episode, I believe that this is something that we can learn from. How's everybody doing? This is Al Hardy uh, with Chicken and Waffles. We call this Chicken and Waffles because this uh this podcast is really about relationships right for me it's the dynamic i call it the dynamic duo uh when, when i call it the, the dynamic duo uh you know people always ask how does chicken and waffles go together for people who who's not used to chicken and waffles but i think the other part of a great chicken and waffle is the syrup so it, and that's kind of the thing that kind of combines everything um but so and and this is just really soulful. Just you know, hopefully after the end of this, you'll have some soulful. So today I have Shakia Seabrook with me. Um, Shakia, she has a super dope platform. I just want to introduce wow. her. Just um, how I met her, right? Um, you know, if you don't know me, um, my name is uh, Mr. Al Hardy. I have Alpha Quan Hardy um, as a brand. That's my name. Um, when you see the shirts and you see the glasses. Um, but I have these shirts called Black Men Are Dope, Black Women Are Dope, Black Love Is Dope. And with that, um, these shirts have really took it on a life of its own. And uh, Shakia, she saw my shirts uh, through one of our good friends, Joy. And, you know, she saw it on, what, what you saw it on, Charlemagne? Yeah, so... Uh... I saw it on Joy, but then I saw the Black Love one right as I found your page. I was watching the episode of Breakfast Club, and I saw it, and I was, you know, reached out to you and sent you the screenshot, I think it was. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the 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 super dope thing was was that you were you were uh adding people, sending them back to my page, and I was like, man, this is dope, you know, because <laughs> I usually have people that I know do that, but to have somebody that I don't know and that just just was just that supportive of what it is that that I'm doing was super super Absolutely. super fly. So I, I I appreciate that. Absolutely. So 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 let's get into this, right? So um mm-hmm. who are you? Like, you know, like what I know Shakia Seabrook, but like, you know, who are you? Where are you from? Let's let's get into it. Okay, so um I'm from Connecticut. Okay. Um I am now, what, the what, founder of the What part? What part? What part of Connecticut? You know, I struggle because I was born in Stanford. My family's from uh Stanford area. Um, but I grew up mostly in New London. I moved out of state for a couple of years, and then I went to high school in Killingly. Okay. So, I mean, I guess I really would say New London because that's where my childhood was. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I'm the sound. Oh, so oh, go it, ahead. Is when you, when we talk about Connecticut, because we I want to kind of get familiar. I'm from I'm from Jersey, so mm-hmm. I'm not too. I, I don't travel that far up. You know. Mm-hmm. So is it is it the hood? Is it suburban? Like, talk to me. From where I'm from? Yes, yes. When you talk about Stanford. I would say it's, uh, Stanford is definitely the city. I mean, it merges right into New York. It's like a, you can hop on the train and be there in less than, than an hour. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, Connecticut merges into New York. So a lot of people commute from New York to go to work in Connecticut. Some people commute from Connecticut to go to work. But that's going to be lower Connecticut. Um, so I live, I was uh, raised further up New London. I would say it's like a small city. Um, it's not as big as like a metropolitan city, but it definitely is like made up with an urban feel because the population is going to be Puerto Ricans and Blacks. Uh, so, and then high school, my high school was the polar opposite where there was majority white. And that was intentional because my mother moved us away from New London, it was like, for high school, I need you to be somewhere else. Uh-huh. And, you know, I cried at first, Al, because it was like a culture shock to me. Uh-huh. Uh, but best decision she ever made, because I feel like it really set me on the path um, to be where I am here and today. So, yeah, I got a little bit of everything. And then my mother was in the military, so I lived in a couple of different states. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, it's weird. But New London, I would say, is home. That that would be my home base um, out of all the places I live. Okay, okay, okay. Now... Uh, did you, you went to college uh, in, in Connecticut also? I did. I am, no, no, no. I went to college in North Carolina, Elizabeth oh. City State University. Okay, now that's Very a, a HBCU, right? It, of course, okay. yes. It All is right. an HBCU um, in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. I'm a proud Viking. I always say, you know, I, I owe a huge debt to my HBCU because they really... Really, I say they called greatness out of me and I answered. Mm. So, like, just being, growing up, I was just really, you know, identified as a problem child, um, you know, getting suspended, in-school suspension, failing in classes. But the truth is, is, you know, when when people tell you you're everything but great, sometimes you just settle for that, right? Mm. You don't try to be anything more because you don't think you're able to reach that. But it wasn't until I got to my HBCU, um, literally the first uh, day of classes, a professor by the name of Dr. Brackett uh, told me to stay after class. Mm-hmm. And she was like, where are you from? Because I know you're not from down south. So I told her, she was like, uh, and she just spoke greatness into me. She was like, do not change. I'll never forget. She said, do not change. And from then on, I just became like a scholar student, which was new to me. Like I was getting all A's. They wouldn't let me settle for B's. And it really just changed my life. And I think the course, I know the course in which I went. Okay. So, so yeah, so, proud HBCU grad, love my university. That's dope. So I just want to like take a, a, a little pause right there, right? Because sure. um, you said you was in, in, in school suspension and why, right. like, what what was happening at, at, at during that time that you said you was a problem you know, he was called the problem child, but you probably right. They deem me as it, right? Okay, so what, 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 what was happening at that point? Um, of course, like fighting, like you know, you look back, petty fights. Um, but I think just a lot of like foolish play. Like I was a tomboy, so I was with a like with boys a lot. So we would play a lot, talk a lot in class. So we stay getting kicked out of class, and then if you get kicked out enough, you're gonna get after school suspension. If you don't go to after school, I mean, after school detention, if you don't go to after school detention, 
they'll choose if they want to suspend you at home or suspend you in school. And sometimes if you get suspended too many, too many times going home, they think you liking it. So they make you still come to school and be um, suspended in school. So it really was like petty fighting and just horseplay, like in class. Okay, so and talking back, like I always had something to say because my mother was like, as long as you're not being disrespectful, you speak your mind. And I used to get in trouble for that, like uh, into the office. Okay. Yeah. I think I think so. I mean, this is big. I'm 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 a I'm an educator. And mm-hmm. and when I when I listen to these type of stories, you know, a lot of times what I what I see is the school systems or people in the school, uh, they kind of restrain and people are our kids and our children voices right they're not able to Mm -hmm. respond speak up say what it is that they have to say you have you do have to be respectful but absolutely but a lot of times i think there's the disconnect between people uh speaking up and people feeling disrespected um so did you feel as though that was the case or it was just like sometimes you kind of took it there See, my mother always taught me, like, I knew not to be disrespectful. And there was no need to be disrespectful because I know when I'm right, I'm right. What I think is that a lot of teachers, and especially they didn't look like me, and that was a huge difference going to HBCU, is I said my, my professors seen their little cousins in me. They saw their little sisters. They saw themselves in me. So they took on a different approach, right? Mm-hmm. And so growing up, I had two black teachers, and one I attribute um my success too as well, because she really took the time and I see now crossing a lot of boundaries with me, like sitting me aside, holding me, rocking me. Cause I used to tear up classrooms when I was at elementary. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but so my mother always taught me like, you know, you don't be disrespectful, but if somebody's wrong and you're right, you have the right to speak. And I feel like in the school system, at least when I was growing up, it was this, um, this fight for power where I'm the authority and I'm the only one that has something to say and what you have to say doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I would tell teachers after they would say, they would have to say, I say, are you finished? And they're like, yeah, I'm finished. Okay. Now can I speak? And they would say no. And I'm like, no, I can't speak. I have something to say. And of course, if you want to start talking, then they're like, well, get out of my classroom and go to the office mm-hmm. where it's like, what? Like I'm not screaming. I've never, never been a cursor, but because I want to now express my feelings or express what I believe or perceive to happen, that you got wrong is I don't want to hear it go to the office. So I think it's just like a power um, trip and you know, they wanted to be in the authority, I guess, position and me speaking what I guess take away from that. Okay. All right. Now, now what was the difference? Uh, and yeah, I, I heard you say it a little bit. You said, you know, when, mm-hmm. you, when you went to uh, Elizabeth city, correct? City. City State University, yeah. Elizabeth City State University. When you, when you went there, um, what is it that you know? How was that approach different? Did did, did they give you a voice? That was was that? De- definitely, and I think they celebrated what a lot of people try to stifle. Hmm. Like I'm still outspoken, right? So she already knew that. Like my hands are my hand is raised. I have something to say. I have an opinion, but it was celebrated, and she was like, "Don't change that." Like it stood out to her. It was like don't change these next four years, still be you. And I held on to that. So my outspokenness, my outgoingness, my willing to always volunteer, like they didn't see it as like disruptive. You know what I mean? Like they celebrated and poured into it. And that's why I said, they called greatness out of me and I answered. Cause if it wasn't for them, all, you know, all the previous years, I was told like that was disruptive or that was disrespectful or, you know, all these other things where when they start saying like, no, you're outspoken, use that. Shakira, what do you think? What do you have to say when nobody else is speaking? So when they started calling that greatness out of me, I stepped up to that. Like I always say, I remember when I got a B on the test hmm. and I went to my next class and Dr. Brackett, the same one, this is like maybe my sophomore year by now. She came to my next class and called me out and she was like, what is this? Hmm. I was like, that's the test we just took. She said, no, but what is this? And she pointed at the grade. I'm like, that's a B. She said, yeah, we, she said, we don't do Bs. I was like, that's the break when she said, no, we don't do B, Shakia. And all, that's what she said and walked away. And I understood what she meant. Like, you're not a B student. You've been getting A's. I don't know what's going on, but we're not about to start slipping now. So they held me to that standard. And, and I believed them. When they said, like, Shakia, you're an A student, I stepped up to that and stayed there. So it was just being celebrated for, you know, I guess my differences with other teachers seen as different and didn't conform, I guess, to what they wanted their classroom to look like. And I'm thankful for it because now, you know, I use it in the work I do now and it's celebrated. Okay. So what, so 
who who are you now? Let's let's we can make that transition. That's a great transition. Right. So I joke now, like you know, the teachers that try to make me be quiet, I now get paid to speak. Right. So I am the founder. Um, my newly launched because I've had a couple of different um businesses, but I am the current founder of the Sexless Tribe, which really is just um, um, a brand, a movement, a tribe that I'm building that's really focused on making sexual abstinence visible. And I'm doing that with my tribe through conversation, community, um, and now clothing. I am the author of a book called The Decision, which is a conversational style book that talks about my personal abstinence journey. And I just talk about real situations that I found myself on this journey, whether it be temptation, um, second guessing my decision of abstaining, dating while abstaining. Um, and I provide just tips and takeaways on how to overcome the, those situations when other abstinence goers find themselves in it. Um, and I'm a creative, so I'm always pumping out new projects and new ideas. Um, and I, yeah, I think, I think that kind of wraps me up right now for what I'm doing. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's dope. That's dope. So, um, so, when so the decision let's let's kind of get into that when mm-hmm. like how how did you come up with with that title and what is like the premise of of the of the book right so funny never I said I'm a creative so I tell people the book came before the tribe right the sexless tribe so the book wasn't me super passionate about abstinence and trying to create this community of people it was another way for me to create I look for ways to create so when I heard I was in South Africa um, doing research in my college and this girl was like. She wants to write a book. I was like, I'm going to write a book, right? It's another way for me to create. So I wrote the book, but I said, what can I write about? Like, what do I know enough about that I can write a whole book on? And um, it was about my abstinence journey. And it took me a couple of years because I wasn't in a rush. And I didn't have a title, um, really. Um, specifically, I'm a virgin. So really, it was going to be from a virgin standpoint. And then mm-hmm. I said, no, I don't want to exclude um, people who aren't a virgin. I just went, it just to be everyone who's on the abstinence journey, but I didn't know the name for it. Um, and when I sent the book off to get proofread, the first, um, the opening chapter was called the decision. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when the lady who proofread my book sent it back, she put the title, the decision. I don't know if she thought it was the name of the book, but when she put that, I was like, that's it. Like, that's the name I'm going to choose. And then the subtitle is, um, a conversation on the tempting, confusing yet rewarding abstinence journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the premise of the book really was just to tell my story. Like in hindsight, now people are telling me how powerful it is, how life changing it is, which blows my mind. Cause that wasn't my intent. Um, how affirming it is, how helpful it is. Um, and though that wasn't the intent, because you have to understand no one in my circle was abstaining. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have my journey to compare with other people, right? To even know what I was saying truly would resonate with other people. It was just like, here is my story. And I think there's some things that, you know, at least one chapter you'll be able to identify with. But when I put it out, it blew my mind at how many people could relate to so many specific situations that I have found myself in. And me sharing with them what I learned and how I overcame it, how it just made sense to them and really helped them shape their journey and be more effective on keeping their decision to um practice abstinence okay so so uh what made you make this decision <laughs> like like what right. helped you make this decision right Al, i tell people if i would have known really god would have put me in front of these people as like an example i would have paid closer attention and had like a really cool story but the truth is and i talk about that in my book because i'm not going to sugarcoat nothing and i'm not going to try to um make it sound like something it's not, I really don't know. Mm. The earliest decision I have, and I say it in the book, is I was 13 in computer class, and this cute boy named Matthew, little chocolate boy with afro, was sitting to the right of me, <laughs> and he said something to the effect of like, yeah, she kid, because, um, you know, you be having sex, and I was like, no, I don't. I want to try to get married. I remember saying it, but I don't know why I said it. I don't know if I heard it somewhere and it sounded good, but I just remember that incident that I can trace back to. But I tell people, you know, that this, why I decided isn't as important as why I continue to uh, abstain. Because people make a decision and it does nothing for them. You have to continuously understand your why. Why am I now at 32 
still holding fast to this decision. And the truth is, from 13 to 32, it's morphed. It's matured. It's grown. Because I, I went to high school. You know, it changed in high school. I went to college. I went to grad school in New York City where I was dating and, you know, meeting grown men now. So the reasons have changed. And, you know, now in the adulthood I'm in now, it's changed even more. So it went from just like, me just saying it to say it to high school where I was like, you know what? They're mad, irresponsible. They're just like rabbits going at it. And that's just not what I want. I got to college and it was like, I'm seeing people get pregnant, taking plan B pills, getting abortions, contracting STDs, like reputations getting ruined, being filmed and putting on it Facebook. And then I got to grad school and I'm in the city dating and you know, now it's just like the hookup culture and it just never fit. Like, cause I'm a virgin the whole way through and I'm like, this ain't the way, this ain't the way. Mm-hmm. And now just in my thirties, like as my relationship grows with God, I get a, a greater understanding that like to flee from fornication and to keep sex within the confinement of marriage isn't a burden, but it truly is a blessing and was the best design that could have been given to us if we really have honored it. Okay, so so I said, that's where I'm at now in my thirties. So I have a question for you. So, to me, sure. it, it seems as though, right, um, is more is it more of a gift or is it like, uh, is it a discipline? What do you mean? Is it more of a gift, like, uh, for, uh, to be able to the same? Yes. That's such a good question, Al. I've never been asked that. My God, that is such a good question. Because it's perfect to let people understand there's a difference between celibacy and abstinence. And I heard you say it earlier, and I was going to say something. Well, I realize a lot of people that find my platform, they use the word celibacy or celibate out of context. And I used to be, feel like a, I didn't want to correct them because I didn't want to feel like, you know, like I, like I was the know-it-all. But I'm like, the truth is, it's just a, you're misusing the term. So when a person, the true definition of celibacy is to take a vow to abstain from marriage. And it is within the religious context. So if you're going to abstain from marriage, you're going to forfeit also sex, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole notion is you are giving up your life onto God to be fully devoted to what God has for you. So when a priest takes a vow of celibacy, that priest or that nun is saying, I am forfeiting being able to enter into a romantic covenant or just a covenant overall. I'm forfeiting the pleasures of sex and also procreating. That is huge. So when people say, like, I'm celibate, I'm like, you guys are using that so loosely that you're all, like, almost disrespecting the vow that people make when they're celibate. Mm. And that is a gift. The Bible says, like, that is a gift. Not everyone can take that vow because it it really is, it's called um, uh, charism, charism. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, a gift from God, right? So everyone doesn't have the gift to be celibate. Mm. Now, when you talk about abstinence, that's a discipline. You really have to discipline your body because... You're not consciously making a vow forever. You don't have that gift imparted into you. So it is going to be, it is going to take some discipline to fight against urges and temptation. Um, And that's what people have to understand. Like, everyone does not have the gift of celibacy. So if you don't have that, you are abstaining and practicing self-discipline until, you know, as a believer, until you enter into a covenant with, you know, a man or a woman. Okay, so... What does that discipline look like for you? Like, what what are some things that you do to to discipline, uh, you know, your mind and uh, your flesh? My flesh, yeah, that's what it is, the flesh. Um, I am very cognizant of my triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and once, I talk about that in my book, once you find out what your triggers are, it's your responsibility to protect them. It's not anyone else's. Um, so I tell people, you have to know what triggers you. I don't like giving these, like, boundaries like don't do that don't do it it's very like legalistic that's going to set you up to fail right Mm -hmm. because i may and i use this example all the time because people try to uh demonize going to the movie theaters with opposite sex i'm not gonna tell you not to go because i go and i eat my popcorn and i watch the movies i'm not in there fighting against my flesh in the movie theater so if i say it's okay to go and then you go but you fight it for your life that's not you know that wasn't wise of me to say so so i tell people be aware of your triggers. I have learned by the age of 32 what some of my triggers are. Mm-hmm. So once I identify them, I'm like, it's now my responsibility to stay clear of them. So whether it's being a man, 
that I'm like, it's a no because I know you would just trigger me every day of my life. We don't hmm. need to go there. It's <laughs> happened. They, people think I'm lying. I've seen like it in the flesh and I was like, nope. He was super fine. I was like, no, because I know it'll be a fight, right? Uh-huh. If it's watching something on TV. Somebody told me to watch Power and I was like, Power is porn. And they're like, you could fast forward through it. I'm like, but I'm still seeing the scene. I chose a setback. Like, I don't need those images in my head. Um, one thing God convicted me is, uh, he said, you know, you're not engaging in sex, bro. You're entertaining it simply mm. by conversation. All my friends, should I say, really, no, now they're like abstaining because they learned in hard lessons, right? Mm. But initially, like, my friends weren't abstinent. That wasn't the lifestyle they led. So I was in college all ears, every juicy detail about what he did, how he did it, how he did it the night before and all that. I'm listening. So, so you was in the tea. Not knowing that's messed on my flesh. Huh? I said you was in the tea. Oh, in the tea. I was sipping the tea. What? You <laughs> sipped some, I sipped some, you sipped some, I sipped some. And what that was doing is just teaching me things that I had no business knowing, right? Because then curiosity comes mm-hmm. and then it, it speaks to your flesh. And so, yeah, I just learned, like, my friends now know. I tell them, they're like, I'm like, I'm not that friend. Remember, right? Because I'm, I'm like, I'm not that friend. They're like, right, you're not that friend. Because I don't even want to hear it, right? Because I'm human at the end of the day. And, you know, I get curious. So, yeah. So, wearing the Black Men Are Dope and Black Women Are Dope shirts has been pretty amazing. Like, I would walk around and people would look at my shirt. And there are some people who looked very uncomfortable. But then there were people who were nodding in agreement and that just boosted up this sense of pride that I have of being a strong black woman as well as being having having strong black men in my life and I just want to share that message with the world and a lot of the times we think that we can only share that message from verbally you know talking about our black our black men and black women being so dope but you know what I can share that message without even opening my mouth and saying the word I just put the shirt on and walk around and let the and I let the fashion speak for itself go to www.mrihardy.com forward slash shop and put in the promo code chicken and waffles I wanted to I wanted to take a pause right there because you said that uh, you talk to your friends and, and you was teaching them how to engage with you to, to help keep you healthy and help help keep you whole. Um, let me ask you this. When you do that, right, are you, do you still, are, are your friends, um, how do you walk your friends who don't walk the same walk as you? So if you're abstinent and they're not abstinent, you know, how do you, like, how do you maintain those type of friendships? I mean, it's pretty easy. That's just like in college, you know, I had guys who are now like my friends, but, you know, they were just like, how are you a virgin when you hang out with X, Y, and Z? I'm like, because I'm not with them in the bedroom when they do their business. So like for my friends, we have so many other things in common that are like the glue to our friendship, where it's just like, when it comes to the sexual, you know, decisions they make regarding their life, I just don't include myself in that. They know where I stand. You know, they know they're going to get a mouthful if I do hear them. You know, they're like, here, that's why I didn't want to tell you because you're going to be lecturing and you're going to be preaching. And I mean, then don't share it with me because I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to speak my mind and speak facts and logic and that conviction. They know what I'm saying is true, but you just don't want to hear it, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's causing you to change something that you don't want to. So, I mean, we have so many other things in common. Um, yeah, when it when those you know worlds intersect with abstinence versus a sexual lifestyle, they know I'm gonna you know advocate abstinence. Okay, I, and 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 that's super dope. So I and I think that's I think that needs to be said because a lot of times when we talk about having uh, good friendships, good relationships on 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 many things, you might not can agree, but you on the things that you can agree on, that's where your, your love your love is and i think the love is is you being able to uh say what it is that you have to say live your life the way that you want to live it and them being okay with that right because because there's a lot of other type of lifestyles that one might lead and they want that same freedom right Mm. so um have you felt have people ever kind of ridiculed you or made fun of you and how did you respond to that 
Not at all. But I do talk about that in my uh, book because I realize that is a situation that a lot of people come against, like being embarrassed by the decision. I just give them tips on how to take that power back. So I've never, I've been celebrated. I think I've been spoiled, honestly. I think God just protected me, maybe. No, I'm not going to say maybe. I know that God protected me and showed me a different route so that when I do speak about my testimony, it's not this um, kind of like sad story of like being outcasted and not being chosen by guys and made fun of. On the contrary, I'm like, I don't know what life I've been living, but I've been celebrated. I've been praised, like honored. Um, people that sought advice to be like, how is it? Or a lot of them will say like, dang, I wish I would have waited. Like for real, Shakia, even my friends, they know I'm not going to judge them because that's in there. I'm like, you do what you do. But they know what I have to say, like I said, is logic. So when I share it with them, they know it's from a loving place. They know it's me wanting them to be able to be healthy emotionally and physically and mentally. Um, And they probably said a little, okay, okay, okay. So they, they, one person did like joke whatever, a friend of mine, um, little stuff. I'm not going to say because it's a little vulgar, but Mm. that was like the littlest joke. But other than that, I've never been like made fun of, like. In hindsight, all my friends now are like, you were right. That's why I said they have seen it now. But they had to learn the hard way, the rough way, where they're like, I wish I would have listened. I I'm like, you. I wish you would have listened too. So, all right. So, let me, let's, let's, like, so for a woman, do you think it's easier? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's more celebrated than it is for a man? And I asked uh, that, and I asked that because, uh-huh. sure. like, for me, right? So, me, um, I grew up in a Christian household, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, and then when I got into college, you know, uh, so I went to an all boys school, and then uh, uh, when I got into college, you know, girls was coming at me, you know, and mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't know how to respond, you know, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, uh, you know, so that 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 uh, that area, I just was, it was just new, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I didn't, and I, I and I was a virgin at the time, right, and mm-hmm. and th- but you know, I played ball, and you know. Like I said, girls was was attracted to me, but I told my teammates that I was a virgin, and mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, I got the mm-hmm. jokes, you know, like and 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 you know they they and I felt bad, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. I, fe- I felt horrible, you know what I mean? So, do you think there's a difference between yeah. uh, men and women in this in this absolutely? In this okay, without a shot of a doubt, which is. And I'm going to see, because that really is, like, when you tell me that story, like, my eyes watered up, because it, it really is sad, and it's so um, unfortunate, right? Because young girls are celebrated, and we are honored, and even though, I mean, we get backlash, don't get me wrong, they, they've tried it, but I'm, I'm not the one. But it's not in comparison to young boys or men, and that's why I just recently, um, it's going to be launching in April, but I have 54 guys that committed to um, this Real Men Challenge. And I had these shirts made that said, Real Men Starve the Flesh and Feed the Spirit. And how it came about is, when I started my platform, I wasn't really speaking to men. Like, I just was like, I'm talking to women. I'm just assuming that's who follow my platform. But more men was like, um, follow my platform and young guys would DM me. And I'm just like, you know, I'm honored that they felt that I was a safe space where they could really speak um information to help but i'm like where are the men at that can really pour into these other young men that are virgins who are feigning and want to keep it this way but the pressures of society is really having them question it and so i had some t-shirts for my woman and the guys were like shakia we want a t-shirt i'm like well i'm not just gonna make a t-shirt to make it it really got to like have a message behind it and the more i would hear um little jokes you know whether it be like wendy williams or like videos i've seen where this attack on a guy's manhood because he wasn't having sex. Actually, it was The Bachelor. There was a bachelor that was a virgin and he had got emotional on like the reunion and he was saying how like the other guys were like trying to clown him and and, like challenge his manhood. You know, and I was just like, that's crazy because to me, and I'm not trying to change the definition of man, you know, but I do want to add to it because in my community, in my mind, a, a definition of a man is someone who can discipline his urges. Like, to me, I think of a little boy that can't control his urges and he got to have sex with everything that's moving. Because men say, oh, well, I got urges, I got needs. I'm like, you haven't learned discipline them? Like, how old are you? See, so well, to uh, me, let's, like, let's, 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 now, now, but the truth of the matter is, is that 
Um, and, and I think this goes to a, a couple of things. And it wasn't uh, the, necessarily the case for me, but I think it's the culture, right? Um, there, Absolutely. There, there are a lot of uh, fatherless homes, right? There are a lot of men mm. who don't see, other, and I say that because there's a lot of men who don't see other men who right. who, who do abstain. Um, right, right, and and so so for me coming from a a, a Christian uh, household, you know, then going into a space where the culture is, yep. you know, you go into you going into college, and then you have a you have different women coming in sleeping with mm. this guy, this you know what I mean, and then that celebrated, mm-hmm. and then so that was not just overwhelming from for me, you know, but the the overwhelmingness was that from the people that you hang out with making you feel bad and you have to stand out by yourself you know what i mean if you're not right. used, if you're not used to that you know what i mean right Al, and that goes back to what i'm what i'm getting at is that we're defining there's like this one definition of man uh, being a man right if you're not having sex oh you're not no man even going as far as saying you're gay so for a man now or for young guys like well i'm a man and if this is if if me having sex with women equates to manhood, well, I need to have sex with women. So that's why when I said I had these 55 men that have committed to getting their shirts and then posting on social media outwardly, visibly about they're a man and they're abstaining from sex. And that doesn't take away from their manhood, but it adds to it. And I'm so excited for them because I'm like, yeah, it was my vision, but you guys have something so powerful to, to put out there for the next generation, for other men that are embarrassed by it. I'm not a man, Al. But I don't understand how a man could let another man tell you what a man is. Like, I'm just like, wait, what? Say it again. So for these say men, it, I'm like, say it, say it again. Huh? Say, say what you just said. I again. don't understand if you're if you're a man, right? Mm-hmm. However you define, like, okay, a man is abstaining. If I ask him, are you a man? You can say, yeah, I'm a man. How do you then let another quote unquote man tell you that you're any less than a man because you're not having sex? Like, if I'm a man, I'm a man by my definition. I'm just saying, that's what I'm just believing. I'm not a man, though. But in my head, I'm just like, if you're a man, you get to define, like, what is your manhood rooted in? So with these 55 guys, I'm like, are y'all not men? Because y'all aren't having sex? Okay, if y'all still are, let's take a stance with that. So these next young generation of young guys who don't want to have sex, maybe because they're, you know, honoring God, or they're just like, I, I heard one guy saying, a woman is, I'm not trying to give myself to all these women. Period. Like, that. Like, is that, does that make him any less than a man? But you're right. It's that making it visible so these other guys, young guys don't, don't need a DME, but they have other men to, men to look up to. And yeah. they can really pour into this, this next generation to be able to hold their head high and be proud when some chump or some lame tries to challenge your man because you're not having sex. Like, what? Yeah, and, and I, think, I think it's a lack of, of, of exposure. Right. I, I mm-hmm. think I think there's a lack of exposure, you know, um, mm-hmm. there. there, And like I said, it's the cultural thing. It's, it's really a cultural mm-hmm. thing. And sometimes the culture is what overwhelms, you know, that that one person, that one soul, that one human being, that one man or, or boy who he's on the fence. Right. He yep. he, he, lo- uh, yep. he he looks good. You know, mm-hmm. he, 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 he could get the girls, but he doesn't really want to. Then, right. like for instance, all right, I, I, let me give you an example. Um, as an educator, there was this young man, um, this girl, she was talking, to, uh, and these, these are babies, you know, they were around like 11 years old. And, mm. and the girl was, the girl and the boy, they was talking back and forth, like, and they was just going back and forth. And so they said, the girl said, I want to fight you. Right, mm-hmm. and the boy he was like timid, shy. He was like, "Nah, I don't want to fight. I don't want to mm-hmm. fight you." What happened was this young man. There was two other boys who said they 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 drug him. They like they walked him Ooh. over to the girl, and then mm-hmm. they pushed him to hit the girl, and then mm-hmm. the girl started hitting him back. And that's how a lot of people are. That's how a lot of young men are. You know, mm-hmm. they they they're in that space where. You know they're going back and forth with a young lady, and they don't know the boundaries. They don't know that they don't know how to discipline themselves. They don't know how to walk away. But then you see mm-hmm. these other two young men who are his influences, and they and they try to push him 
into something that he's not ready for, something that he doesn't want to do. So the question mm-hmm. is, is how do, how does one walk away from that? You know, so for me, um, I had to learn that. You know, I had to learn that on my own. Um, I had strong men around me, but the the, mm-hmm. the part of it for me was um, I had men who were faithful to their to, to their wives for years. Amen. You know what I mean? Hello, mm-hmm. you can hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> um, so I had I had um, I had men who were faithful to the, to their wives for years. You know what I mean? But they mm-hmm. wouldn't tell the story of how they became faithful. You know, mm-hmm. like how mm-hmm. did they? What 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 does that look like? They just say, just be faithful. You know, because <laughs> right. I'm because I'm doing it. You know, yeah. and so you do need other men to teach you how to walk away. And stand strong in who you are, so you don't have these two other young men that pushes you into a fight that you ain't ready for. I, I do agree, but I think there's something deeper in you that has to be stronger than it all. Because I tell people all the time, like I can give you the most practical, um, the most practical like uh, tips or, or have you. But at the end of the day, if your why isn't strong enough, like you'll fail every time. So there's an inner strength, there's an inner uh, commitment that has to be stronger than any joke that somebody's going to, you know, shoot at you, stronger than any temptation that's going to try to come at you. Like, I haven't faced it all, you feel what I'm saying? But like, I'm super confident in my my reasoning. I'm super confident in the decision that I've made that it's the best one, and I'm the one winning. So outside all that when all said is done like your mentors or those guys are going to be there when you're in that tempted situation what is going to like keep what is going to really have you walk away and i really believe that it has to be whether you really lean into god and god's voice being strong enough but it 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 has to be like you have to be committed to this this uh this decision and lifestyle like one guy dm me he's like god is like punishing him because he hasn't found a wife yet and everyone else is, you know, having sex and all this. I'm like, well, what are you, like, what is your reason for waiting? Like, I'm confused. Like, if you feel like you're missing out on something, why did you commit to this um, lifestyle? So, I mean, people just have to really, like, you have to be committed to this decision for yourself, I think, um, and really understand the benefits of why you're doing it. But yes, have men around you. Amen to, like, pour into you, but they can't keep you the whole time out. Like. Uh, that's de- that's definitely true. I, I I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Um, I think the other part that uh, that we have to talk about too, for, as for men, is the power of our seed, right? Um, oh, come on now, because um, I got a video on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and every time you know we do engage in sexual activity, we're we're giving life. And hello, and, hello, and mm-hmm. and then some, t- and 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 we don't want to just give life to people who's not worthy of what it is Come that on. we have to give, you know. Come on. And and so I think those are things that has to be taught because a mm-hmm. lot of times what 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 happens is we chase a feeling, right? Oh and, yes. You know, we we chase the high of of sexual mm-hmm. intercourse. But doesn't but don't really know the ramifications of it from nope, nope. from a physical standpoint, um, mm-hmm. emotional standpoint, and then ultimately the you know the long run with a spiritual standpoint, you know, because mm. um, you're 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 giving your spirit over to somebody mm. else who's not re- who's not who's not might not be ready to encounter and engage what it is that you have to give right and sometimes right, don't want it, right. and sometimes mm-hmm. we're not ready to to give what it is that we're trying to develop within ourselves so i think mm. i think we have to really have those type of conversations but let me ask you this when you say starve the flesh what does that actually mean meaning the the, the temptation that comes against you so for me, one of the main reasons I have guys that if we, when we talk that talk, they will be like, Kia, like, I really like what you're doing. And they're like, well, I, you know, I can't do it, but I like, I think it's dope. I think it's needed. All this, but you can't do it. Why? Man, I got needs. I got urges. I'm like, we all do, but where is this, where is this leading you? Like all these needs and urges, where, ha- what good has come from it? 
but a momentary, you know, moment of pleasure. Um, so when I say starving the flesh, it's like the things that all these temptations that is causing you to fall into what we would say fornication or premarital sex or going where you said you weren't going to go. So starving those, whether it's pornography, uh, whether it's, um, you know, watching a certain movie or sh- certain shows, engaging the conversation, certain music, whatever that thing that is causing great temptation for you, that is causing you to fall, like starving it. Start, like just not even entertaining it. And instead building your spirit up, feeding your spirit, you know, whatever one you feed the most is going to be the strongest, right? We know that just being physical beings, like feed us and we get stronger. So it's not like, the flesh is stronger than the spirit. No, like whatever you feed is going to take dominance over your life. The reason why you keep falling to temptation is because that's what you're feeding and that's what is going to be strongest in your life. But if you change that and your spirit is continuously instead, that's what's going to yearn. Like your your spirit is going to yearn for more of that. So that's why I'm just like, you know, in my community, that's what our focus is like, really building your spirit up, you know, the things that are going to be edifying, that are going to, that are going to bring good not things that are going to bring destruction. Like for me, I tell women all the time, like an undisciplined boyfriend is going to be an undisciplined husband. Mm. I don't want a man that hasn't disciplined his flesh period. Like, cause that means when we get married, it's not disciplined. Marriage does not change that. I don't know why we think because we say I do and sign a paper that automatically this man whose body has been trained to give into urges whenever he has them, we're going to be fine enough to stop it. Smart enough to stop it. Funny. Like, no, I want you to have handled that before, like we we get into this marital stance, before we get into this courting stance. Um, so that's really what it is: just starving all those things that are, you know, the temptation that's going to cause you to fall. That's dope. That's dope. Now, what are what are? Let me ask you this: What is the benefits of being a a virgin? Um, I never got that one specifically. Maybe abstaining, but uh, abstaining, or, or I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you got to forgive me on the terms. No, 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 it's fine. I just I do like saying abstinent because virgin is like a subset of the abstinent community, and it kind of like puts us in this little bubble where I'm like, I want to speak to the broader community. Um, I think there's some just standard ones that everyone is kind of like beaten over the head with, but I want them to remember like it's a good reason meaning why it's repeated. So of course, like lowering your risk uh, to contract STDs or um, viruses. For me, maybe not anyone else, but having a child out of wedlock, that's just not what I envision. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that's something that you're not planning, because a lot of women and men, I mean, a young man just reached out to me right now, so his ex-girlfriend might be pregnant. And I'm like, how are you feeling? He said, not good, because that's not why what I envisioned. I wanted to bring my child into like a, you know, a, um, into a, a family, and you know, we'd be married and all that. So, having assurance that you know your child will be, you know, uh, created within the confinements of marriage. Um, and then I think after some of those things, it gets really personal. So me, you know, like everyone, somebody might say like. Um, a uh, benefit is me gaining great self-discipline. If you're a person that was not disciplined and you're really trying to gain that discipline, a lot of people are saying just for that, to teach them discipline that crosses over into other areas in their life. Um, some people would say if you were molested or if you were raped and that power was taken away from you, abstaining is now a way for you to gain that power back, right? That's not my story, but I'm just saying sometimes it gets really personal. Mm-hmm. For me, one of my favorites is when a guy pursues me. I know he's literally pursuing the essence of Shakia. Like, I don't have to worry about, is it, you know, he's pursuing sex? Um, is he staying here because, you know, I can do the slips and the kicks and the, the, the flips in the bedroom? Is that what's keeping him? Like, I have confidence that, like, no, it's me. Like, all the things that I have to offer in the essence of sex, he's like, that's enough. Like, I don't need sex. To, you know what I mean? All that you have to offer is enough. Um, peace of mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I'm not ignorant that sex could be so good that I see some women out here losing their mind. Like, when that is taken away or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, he doesn't commit to you. And I'm like, that is, you know, I don't. I want my peace of mind. So I'm going to keep that. Um, and self-preservation, just mm-hmm. keeping myself, like I said, from those STDs, viruses, um, the mental uh, breakdown that could come from it, the emotional bonds that could come um, from it, 
So yeah, well, that's just a couple. When I think of stuff like that, I'm like, yes, no. <laughs> you so, can't convince me it ain't the right way. You can't. <laughs> so so you quarantine the quarantine, huh? <laughs> Listen, I said, <laughs> that's going to be my next video because I know my tribe. Don't get caught up now. Quarantine with that thing and tell you these things for your life. Don't do it. Go ahead and sit down by yourself no, no. and keep that happening. Man, that's 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 dope. Now, all right. So, like, what what does dating look like for you, though? People love to ask me. <laughs> well, I'm not sitting at home. But I think that's what people be thinking. Um, dating is love. I get a lot of backlash, uh, especially from like believers, because they think that dating is bad, and I'm like, it's really not. In and of itself, dating is just not bad for me i'm like it's me just sitting across or in the presence of the opposite sex getting to know them everything doesn't have to be like romantically based you know what i mean i could i like meeting people so we may just leave here as friends or you may leave here now as my bro like i don't go in thinking this is going to be my husband it's like this is just a human that i'm interacting with and it's something grows from it awesome but it doesn't stop me from okay let me define this right so there's two datings that we talk about right mm-hmm. so i'm talking just now about just dating going out on dates uh you know food movies whatever mm-hmm. that is i have great times as far as relationships i am single by choice i've had plenty of opportunities that guys wanted to you know date in court and marry and because they see the worth in and who i am as a woman um but I just have chose not to go that route. Why, why, but why, I just why, pe- why are you single at this moment? The listeners. You know what? I said, I said, why are you single at this moment? I, cause I don't want to be in a serious relationship. I just, it's, you know, what? I just, marriage is not a desire for mine. Also. I, I think me coming out and building this tribe, it was normal in my world. Like my friends knew, but I didn't realize how many people like almost idolize marriage. So I, I constantly have to explain myself to people to say like, you know, cause people try to be like, well, why are you not in a relationship? I'm like, cause I don't choose to be baby. Understand there's a lot of prospects, but I choose not to be And I'm not in a rush because I'm not in a rush to get married. And a lot of people are relationship oriented because the end goal is marriage. And because the end goal is not, marriage like concretely i would be okay like being single and living the rest of my life traveling and just enjoying life on my own terms mm-hmm. um but i realized the older i get people are looking to be in a relationship and that goal is marriage and because right now that's not my mindset it just wouldn't make sense for me to enter into a relationship with a man who most likely is like i'm building with you for marriage and i'm just like that's not on my radar right now i mean the truth um, of the matter is like so so like, like if you think of the average guy, let me, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say he 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 goes to church, saved, and all of that. But if you think of the average guy, you would be the end goal for him. Do Do you understand? Right, of course, right. Because he did, he sold mm-hmm. all his wild oats. He did everything he had mm-hmm. to do. Now, you right, know, now he, he get, mm-hmm. now he has a a a a woman who who's abstaining. I'm using the right term. Mm-hmm. And, and and now he could he he's able to to grow, have a child, and live happily ever ever after. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the same thing with women, right? You know, yeah. At the end of at the end of it, marriage is happily ever after for them, um, right? Mm-hmm. So why are you so uh, open to your your end game not being married? You you blinked that a little bit. You said, "Why am I so what?" Why are you so open, right, to your end game not being marriage? I think you. I think either or, either or. You know what I mean. This is why, and and it's hard for me to explain. Just like I don't understand why people are so fixated on marriage. I don't get it. Just like they don't understand mine, and I'm like, it's not for you to understand, but just make peace with it. Because so many people try to force this ideal of marriage on me where I'm like, what is, what is marriage going to give you, right? I ask people all the time, like, what do you think marriage is going to give you? Because those things that they think marriage is going to give you, I may have it already in my singleness, and that's why I'm not looking for I don't have a desire. Furthermore, I don't believe that everyone is put on this earth to get married, and I truly believe that 
either God's goal is not for me to get married and he has given me peace if I'm going to stay single, right? He's not going to let me be in disarray if, if um, his goal is for me to be single for my life. Um, or he's just holding it off so that I can do what he is calling me to do right now. Because people are still like, yeah, you, you're a voice for single women who are like living their best life. And I'm like, really? You're an example. And I never looked at it like that. So maybe right now during the season, not only am I an example of what it looks like to be abstinent and, and be okay and be full, but also be single and really doing what God is calling me to do and putting that first. And maybe after that season is done, he'll unlock this desire. But I can't explain something that just innately just was never in me. Like it just always made sense to me. So it's hard to explain to someone like, why is it desire marriage a desire for me? I'm like, it just, I don't get that what people feel. I just, I don't know, Al. It's just like, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. I get it because you know, on the opposite end, like when people talk about the benefits of marriage, it's the benefits of coming together, getting to know somebody, getting to procreate, be being mm-hmm. able to uh, to build with somebody, to have a relationship that 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 is lasting for you to get to know somebody, you know, and them being able to know you and being able to grow with you, you know, so. Um, mm-hmm. so some people would say that is a benefit, you know what I mean? So, but on the opposite end, you know, uh, you're open to just being who you are. And like, like you said earlier, your end game doesn't necessarily have to be that at this point in time, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're open to that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's commendable, especially in this culture, um, especially, you know, like, like we said, you know, the happily ever after and, you know, marriage and, and, and it's it's a weird thing where marriage is idolized through the eyes of women, but sowing your wild oats is idolized yep. for, for, for men. Mm-hmm. And now, mm-hmm. th- and then that's a disconnect in how, when that woman who wants to get married and that man who doesn't know what marriage looks like, now they get together and they already starting on shaky ground. You know what I mean? But even to add to that, Al, and I made a video about that, um, that, you know, we we enter, how can I say it? Like, okay, maybe the guy's, uh, his spiritual ending is sex, right? That's what his, he's geared towards. Like, um, and then the, maybe the woman's ideal fairy tale ending is marriage. And it's like, and Kevin Hart said it like in um, Think Like a Man. Like at one time, we had to marry you to get what we ultimately wanted, but poking at the fact like now we don't gotta marry y'all to get what we want ultimately. So it's like when you enter into this relationship and the man's end goal is like sex or to, you know, sow his royal oats and all that, if you're giving him already what he wants or he desires, he's good. So they're like, well, when are we getting married? We didn't, you know, we've been together seven years and he's in no rush because his fairy tale was not the wedding. It was y'all poking and stroking and doing what y'all doing. So he's in no rush. So that's I'm like, we give them what they want and then neglect. And then what we want or, you know, what most women want is neglected. So we have to understand what each of uh, our end goal is. Because men are like, I'm okay with just, you know, playing house. And we, we basically married. And the woman is like, no, I want the ring and I want the ceremony and the, and so I'm like, stop giving it up. Make him put a ring on it. He'll get what he wants. You get what you want. And then y'all figure out the rest. But you can't give him what he wants. And then you waiting around to be like, why he not rushing to give me what I want? I got <laughs> what you. I want. He's chilling. He's like, I'm good. I got you. I got you. All right. So I have one. I have a couple more questions. And, and, and um, I want I want you to uh, to let everybody know where where you could be reached. Um, how people could, how people could buy the book. Um, the next question, the, the, the question, all right, all right. So this is a, another good question, I think, um, as it pertains to sex, right? Um, mm-hmm. does abstaining also mean, uh, masturbation? I knew you were going to say that. So I had made a video on that too. That's probably like my highest watched video. I was like, oh yeah, really out here. Uh, oh no, that was oral sex, but I did a video. I have a show called Sexual Situations on YouTube and we did, we talked about masturbation. Um, it depends why you're abstaining. I mean, some people's reasonings are different. Like 
some people will say I can masturbate um, and still be abstaining because there's no penetration. In my world, what I believe, you're not abstaining if you're masturbating. I mean, that's just, just, just for me, but other people will, you know, argue. And I don't get, you know, what is the reason? Like I said, it's depending on the reason. Are you denying your um, flesh the pleasure? Because if that's the case, masturbation is going to give you that pleasure. Um, so it just defeats the purpose. But it's hard, Al, because everybody has different reasoning hmm. as to, you know, why yeah. they're saying it. My book is it's a no. Like, these was forfeit from all that. Like, Okay, so 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 is is none none of that that's that's happening in this in these in these streets, <laughs> right? No, because the definition of saying is to refrain from things that you find pleasure in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you find pleasure in masturbation. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I would think you abstain from that also. And I don't get the point anyway. So I'm like, you're just like letting the beast snack a little bit. Like you're letting him nibble. He's gonna want more. Like. Mm-hmm. So, Y'all playing with fire. So, so, so you're saying uh, that that could that could potentially, if 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 there's no boundaries, that could potentially lead to you wanting more and really becoming sexually active. I would imagine so, right? Because it's like you do all this work to suppress your urges to really like, you know, have dominance over it, and then I'm like. But then you wake it up. It's like you're letting it, you're you're putting it deeper and deeper to sleep, right? Deeper to sleep, deeper to sleep. But with masturbation, it's like you're you're poking it a little bit, like you're waking it up just a little bit. I'm like, it wants more. Your flesh is gonna crave more. It's never satisfied. Like you can't just be giving it a little bit. Same thing with oral sex. I'm like y'all like nibbling on like you're playing. Like who do you think like it's just gonna be enough? No, your body's gonna like more and more and more to the full fledged thing. Like. Mm. I don't understand why you would tease yourself like that and just so, play with fire. So, so, so people would uh, consider oral sex um, not being abstinent. I would consider that you're not being abstinent. But, it's oral. I mean, I mean, but there, there, people define oral sex. As, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Some people say they're abstaining because everyone has defined their journey differently. Some. There's some virgins that think they're still virgins because they've had oral sex, they've had anal sex, and they're like, I'm a virgin. Wow. That's interesting. Like, oh, like, okay. I didn't know it was a thing, especially with the whole anal thing. Uh, But yeah, you know, it's just learning those definitions and what makes sense to you. But yeah, there's some people that is like, I just give oral. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I don't know what their definition of abstinence is. And that's what I talk about. Um, in my video on IG, depending on how you define it, you could give oral and still be an estimate. Because the people ask me that. They're mm. like, am I still estimate? I'm like, what you think? Like <laughs> that's 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 interesting. So let me ask you, all right, so how can people find you and and find your videos and, and, and everything like that? Right. So um TheSexlessTribe.com, uh, people can find my book, The Decision, and The Sexless Tribe um, Apparel. So that's like more merch-based. Um, I'm on Instagram at Shakia Seabrook 22 I'm on YouTube with my Sexless Situation show, which I interview different people on the abstinence journey. And we talk, uh, touch on different situations um, that we, the sexless community, find ourselves in. So like temptation, masturbation. Um, dating while abstinence and a whole bunch of different topics. Um, so yeah, YouTube Shakia Seabrook, um, and Facebook Shakia Seabrook twenty two, and I, I think that covers everything. But if all else fails, thesexistribe dot com will connect um, you to everything that I just listed. That's dope. That's dope. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your stance. I want to say thank you for just being honest, you know, and um, Amen. and just keep keep you know keep the work up, and uh, then I got to get one of those shirts. I know you you, you wanted a which what, black men, black women. Oh, I, I maybe we can make a I'm... maybe we can make a trade. Oh, definitely. Let's do that so we can definitely promote both of these messages. I think that'd be dope. Okay. All right. So let's 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 do it. And I want to say thank you. 
hopefully in this episode you you you've grown, you you learn, and that you understand that there's a discipline in, in guarding your spirit, and and in guarding your spirit, regarding your physical body, your temple, uh, who you are, um, and when you and when you're able to do that, you're able to be a little bit more creative, you're able to produce more. Um, there's a brother that uh, we, we we talk about uh, we talk about abstinence meaning to abstain, to hold back. And we talk about the seed. And we understand that our seed is is powerful. It gives life. And when we understand that, we're not just going to give it over to anybody. So in this episode, I pray and I hope that you understand that even your, your words is a seed. So sometimes you have to abstain from saying the right thing for, for some people. Don't give your pearl to a swine. Or saying the wrong thing because that seed could can blossom, uh, that negative seed could blossom into something that could be dangerous. So, hopefully, we understand that you know to abstain from uh, what it, from from releasing that seed in uh, in a harmful way. So, thank you for listening and have a great one.